You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network TV Bricks. Your Excellency, good day. Thank you so much for this invitation. I'm very glad to be here in the Embassy of Zimbabwe. And my first question will be about the cooperation of our country. So, diplomatic relations between Russia and Zimbabwe are over 35 years old. How can you characterize the current relations between our countries? And what are your further predictions? First of all, thank you very much for being here at the Embassy of Zimbabwe. Our relationship with uh, the Russian Federation, it dates far, far back beyond the independence of Zimbabwe in 1980. Zimbabwe's independence cannot be written in history if you do not write the history of relations between the then Soviet Union and its successor state, the Russian Federation, because it played a very big role in the decolonization of not only Zimbabwe, but the decolonization of the sub-Saharan Africa. So it's a relationship that comes a very long way. And today, uh, this relationship has been consolidated, continues to be consolidated, as evidenced by the so many projects and programs that are being undertaken with, between the two countries, both in the economic sector, in political sector, as well as in science, education, sectors. This is the deepening of relations between our two countries. And the future even holds much more in terms of cooperation uh, with, between the two countries. So what are the current cooperative projects with Russia? I mean, are there any joint factory constructions, diamond mining, and so on, please? Yes, we have uh, currently two major projects, or put it that way, mega projects that are being undertaken uh, by the Russian investors in Zimbabwe. The first one is the platinum uh, project. As you are aware, Zimbabwe is one of the largest, is the, one of the largest reserves of platinum in the, in the world, if not number three. And uh, Zimbabwe actually invited Russia to come into this sector of uh, platinum exploitation and mining. So that's one of the major projects that started a few years back and is still a work in progress. And the second one is the introduction of Arosa, a diamond mining company in Zimbabwe, uh, which was consummated in the signing of an MOU uh, during the uh, visit by our president in January this year. And uh, I'm happy to say that Arosa is now on the ground. They've opened an office in Zimbabwe, as well as uh, putting a, geological, uh, a geologist on the ground. So this is also a work in progress. These are the two major projects, but it doesn't mean that there are no other projects that are ongoing. We have cooperation in the area of uh, education, where we have more than 200 students studying in Russia. And uh, we also are expecting another 46 students coming in this year to join the 200 plus uh, students here. We also have cooperation in the area of agriculture and also other mining activities that are currently taking place in, in Zimbabwe. We also have cooperation in the area of energy where discussions are underway right now to develop uh, energy plants in Zimbabwe by Russian companies. So we have so much that is going on right now. 
So what conditions and concessions does Zimbabwe offer to other countries for investment? And are there any concessions in tax policy, for example? We have quite a lot of incentives. Uh, today, Zimbabwe has opened what we call technological hubs or special economic zones, where we are attracting uh, companies who can innovate in uh, local manufacture, and the companies investing in these areas, they have a lot of tax holidays that they are being offered by the Zimbabwean government. Yes, I may not go into very specifics, but uh, we have uh, tax breaks for almost five years without paying tax uh, to those companies that invest in, the, uh, in those uh, special economic zones. So this is one area we are inviting Russian companies to come in. And uh, we hope uh, that uh, in the future we'll have more Russian companies uh, coming into the special economic zones. Zimbabwe is located in Central Africa and it is landlocked, but it has access to the main ports. It turns out that from the economic point of view, Zimbabwe is a very important country. So am I right? You are quite right. It is a strategic country within the uh, South, Southern African region because it is the gateway from the South, from the East and from the West. Leading to the north, uh, the good thing is we have got a very uh, developed uh, communication infrastructure where um, goods coming in from the South, uh, South African ports like Durban, Port Elizabeth and uh, uh, Cape Town, they are coming in through Zimbabwe, going to countries like uh, Zambia, uh, DRC, as well as Malawi, and Mozambique to some extent. Even though Mozambique has got parts of which are benefiting Zimbabwe, and those countries I've mentioned, we still remain a strategic country that is providing economic hub for all those countries uh, that I've, I've just mentioned. And for your own information, the South African uh, border post with Zimbabwe is the busiest, if not in Africa, where they are processing more than 5,000 vehicles every day uh, passing through, uh, I mean, commercial vehicles passing through the border. So it is one of the busiest ports within Southern Africa. So Zimbabwe remains a very important and key strategic uh, location for, the, for trade within the sub-Southern African region. It is widely known that 70% of your population is engaged in agriculture. A significant share of the country's income is the coffee export. By the way, your country occupies a leading position in the world of the coffee production. So is it so? Can you tell us? And what else do you trade and what do you buy from Russia, for example? First of all, it is not very correct to say Zimbabwe is a, a coffee producer. Yes, we produce a bit of coffee uh, for small markets in the local market. But our biggest export crop is tobacco. That's the, it, uh, it, it uh, gives us about 15% of GDP in, in terms of foreign currency earnings. So tobacco is the main product that is being um, grown in Zimbabwe, which is grown by almost 70,000 large-scale and small-scale farmers. So uh, this is, uh, it provides critical mass in terms of exports. 
Um, yes, we also have a little bit of coffee, but uh, you know our agriculture has declined over the years as a result of economic sanctions imposed by the United States and the EU. Because we used to be a net producer and exporter of flowers, uh, horticulture, uh, but now we are starting to revive that uh, again. And we hope in the next few years, with the support that we are getting from government and also from foreign companies who are coming to invest in those areas, we should see a resuscitation of, um, of uh, agriculture in, in the country. We used to be called the breadbasket of Southern Africa, but things have changed because of economic sanctions. But the current government is working uh, very hard to revive agriculture in terms of um, irrigation uh, projects, uh, support to farmers, uh, production of fertilizers in the country. These are some of the issues that uh, are being undertaken by the government to, uh, to push agriculture to its yesteryear status. Among the advantages of Zimbabwe are green savants, crystal clear rivers, majestic waterfalls, and of course, exotic animals. How is the tourism sector developed and from what countries do you have the most number of tourists? Zimbabwe was a tourist hub for so many years until Zimbabwe embarked on the land reform program, which resulted in the country being demonized by the United States and the EU. And Zimbabwe became more of a risky country for, for, for visitors, for tourists, discouraged by the United States and the EU. But I must say that uh, there is uh, so much resistance against those, uh, this demonization by these countries because of the nature of our country, the beauty that it offers to people who visit our country. We have seen over the last few years an increase in the number of tourists. Um, in the past, we used to receive almost five to six million visitors a year. And the number declined since 2000, the year 2000, as a result of demonization to less than a million. But I'm happy to say that as of last year, we had 2.5 million visitors to Zimbabwe. And the number is increasing uh, to a point where the infrastructure that we have in most of our resort areas, particularly the Victoria Falls, cannot cope with the demand for accommodation, in particular conferencing as well. So there is a, a drive by our government to lure investors to put up more infrastructure to accommodate the rising number of tourists. Um, we do hope that uh, some of our, our friends would uh, also come in to invest in that sector. Currently, we have, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, but we have quite a number of visitors coming from the same countries that have demonized us for so long. Because the beauty that you find in Zimbabwe is irresistible. They have to come back, especially the Victoria Falls, um, the Matopos, the Eastern Highlands, they are very attractive for tourism. And we get most of our visitors from uh, Europe, from the America, Unfortunately for our Russian uh, friends here, maybe it's because of the distance. 
between us and, uh, and Russia, where we do not really have a significant number of visitors to, to Zimbabwe. As of 2017, only about 2,000 visitors came from, from Russia, which is still a very, very low and insignificant figure. And we hope that uh, with more efforts, uh, we continue to attract Russian uh, tourists to, to our part of the world. As you well know, Zimbabwe is good for trophy hunting. Uh, I know some big Russians, the Russian investors in the area of, to of, of um, hunting for trophies. They like, in fact, there are most of the visitors we have there are trophy hunters from, from Russia. They hunt elephant, they hunt lion, because we have got too many of these. And uh, our elephants, our capacity is about uh, 40,000, but we, hope we have over 90,000 elephants in Zimbabwe, which, is, which are destroying the, the environment as well. And uh, CITES, you know CITES, uh, the organization that protects animals, they have been resisting us to cow elephants because of the illegal trade in uh, ivory. So these are some of the challenges that we have. But uh, in general, uh, we have so much to attract tourism in our country. So let's talk about the nature of Zimbabwe. One of the largest waterfalls on the planet, the majestic and beautiful Victoria Falls, it is located on the border of Zimbabwe and Zambia. Victoria Falls is one of the recognized wonders of the world and included in the UNESCO list. Can you tell us more about this to our viewers? One gentleman, a, a, a British guy called David Livingstone, mm -hmm. who said that he's the first person to discover the Victoria Falls. But uh, Victoria Falls, he named it, but it had a local name which is called Mosia Tunya. Mosia Tunya means the thunder, the river that thunders because of the smoke that comes out from the Victoria Falls. So the world was made to know or to understand that the Victoria Falls was discovered by this Englishman. Yet there were people who lived in that area uh, for centuries, and they knew that there's a Victoria Falls, which they called it by their local name. So today, even the statue of David Livingstone is still standing in the on the Victoria, in Victoria Falls area. Why? Because we are using that name to market the falls, because people know it as Victoria Falls. So if we change the name, people will not know where this place is. So. We are now using that same uh, name uh, to market Victoria Falls. Yes, it is located uh, in between uh, Zimbabwe and, and Zambia. Uh, and we don't compete in terms of ownership. Uh, it is a shared resource, natural resource, that uh, uh, tourists who come, from, who come to Zambia, they are free to cross into Zimbabwe to view the Victoria Falls from from Zimbabwean side, and equally those coming to Zimbabwe can also cross into Zambia and view it. Perhaps people say the best view you get of the Victoria Falls is seen from the Zimbabwean side, because that's where the falls can be seen from across the, across the, the gorge. Um, so it remains one of the wonders of the world, attracting most tourists to Zimbabwe. Yes, other areas receive tourists, but not as much as uh, the Victoria Falls. 
it remains symbolic uh, to the people of Zimbabwe. And we say, if you have not, if you have visited Zimbabwe and you have not been to the Victoria Falls, you have not been to Zimbabwe at all. So it's an area that we encourage uh, everyone uh, who can, who can afford it, to fly uh, uh, to the Victoria Falls. You can view the Victoria Falls from the ground, or you can take the Flight of Angels, which is a helicopter ride where you can uh, view the falls from, from the air. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful scene. Of course, some people compared with the Niagara Falls. Yes, I've been to the Niagara Falls myself. The comparison comes uh, not in compared areas, but the Niagara Falls is actually the volume of the water that comes down. But the Victoria Falls is the, 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 the gradient from which the falls come, which is more than 150 meters, which, uh, which, which is so wonderful. What would you like to wish to your country and to your people? To my people, I wish them prosperity. I wish them good life. I wish them uh, to develop to a level where you people are. That is my wish. And uh, I continue to work every day within the Russian business community to promote uh, things like, say, like technology de development, and the energy, mining, so that they can contribute to the well-being of our people. That is my sole purpose here and my, my dream, that one day I would have, at least before I leave Russia, I need at least about 20 to 30 big Russian companies investing in Zimbabwe. Very good words, very good wishes. Your Excellency, thank you so much for this interesting talk. It was really a pleasure for me to meet you and to learn more about your country. Thank you so much. It has been my pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV Bricks.